0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Lithium disilicate restorations are the most popular aesthetic ceramic restorations being placed today. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the materials and time-improvement techniques used to deliver restorations made from lithium disilicate and how they can decrease problems and increase longevity of your restorations. Our guest is Dr. Gary Radz, who maintains a cosmetic-focused general practice in downtown Denver, Colorado, for 25 years. He has extensively lectured and published on restorative and cosmetic dentistry. Over the course of his career, he has worked with manufacturers and laboratories to evaluate and improve dental products. Before we get started, I would like to mention that Dr. Rad's webinar titled Proven Workflow for Try-In and Cementation of Lithium Disilicate Restorations is now available as an on-demand webinar on VivaLearning.com. Simply type in the search field RADS, R-A-D-Z, and you'll see the webinar. Dr. Rad, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Good to be with you, Phil, as always. Thank you. Why do you think it's important for the restorative dentist to get a full understanding of lithium disilicate restorations?
1: Well, Phil, lithium disilicate is probably the most commonly used uh, material for crowns and bridges. It's right up there with zirconia right now. Uh, you know, lithium disilicate, for, for some who may not be aware, EMAX is lithium disilicate. So a lot of people know the EMAX name because Ivaclar's done a wonderful job putting that product out and promoting it. But there are other uh, lithium disilicate competitors out there. And in the, especially in the aesthetic arena, uh, it's one of the most common, if not the most common, restorations we're doing in our practices. So understanding the material and, and how to handle it and how to deliver it, uh, I think, is critical for most dentists.
0: So we're going to be talking today predominantly about lithium disilicate. And as you mentioned, there's other materials that are out there. Uh, and again, synonymous with lithium dis- disilicate is really Emacs to almost everybody's mind. But zirconia is also, I don't want to sidetrack off of what we want to talk about, but zirconia is becoming more popular. But I think that people are, or dentists in general, may be underestimating some of the benefits of lithium disilicate. And they're kind of jumping into zirconia and maybe uh, abandoning lithium disilicate to some extent when they really may not need to, or maybe they shouldn't. So hopefully you'll enlighten us on that concept going yeah. forward. Feel free to comment on that now before I hit you with the next question.
1: Yeah, well, just so I don't forget. Um, certainly zirconia is uh, it's an incredible material. It's becoming really popular uh, worldwide. And uh, the high strength of zirconia makes it very, very attractive. And cost also makes it attractive. But zirconia to date Although significant improvements have been made in the last decade, zirconia still is not as aesthetic as a lithium disilicate restoration. And someday it will probably pass it up, but where we are right now in dentistry, at least to my clinical eye and the labs that I use, lithium disilicate in the anterior region is still my first choice. There may be factors that make me go to zirconia because of strength-related issues, um, but when I'm looking for the most aesthetic thing I can put in the front of somebody's mouth, I'm still thinking lithium disilicate first.
0: And you probably use it for posterior restorations too in, in cases where the occlusion isn't a factor.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, when when the occlusion isn't a big challenge, um, lithium disilicate in the posterior is is an excellent choice. And for many years before zirconia got... From being really ugly to being somewhat aesthetic, um, I was using it in the posterior for a very long time. Oh, it has probably, a lot of indications.
0: Yeah. So in most cases, you get years and years of, of success, even posteriorly, except for those cases where the where the occlusion is just just really overbearing. So, if you would tell us why the conditioning of the lithium disilicate chair side process is critical to the cementation process.
1: Yeah. So, lithium disilicate still needs to be bonded. To the tooth to have the, the ultimate strength of the material, not just retention but the bonding of the cement to the restoration to the tooth will give the restoration even more strength. So it's critical that the proper steps are followed to maximize uh, not just the retention of the restoration but also the strength of the restoration.
0: So could you run through... The conditioning of the actual lithium disilicate before cementation. Just run us through the process of what you like to use and even yeah. talk about light cured versus dual cured resin cements if you or you can hit that a little bit later.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah, the the conditioning part is actually pretty simple, but before you put in a restoration, cement a restoration, we're gonna try it into place. So you're going to remove the temporary, you're going to clean the prep, you're going to make sure you've got no bleeding and circular fluids, and then you're going to try in the restoration. And then I'm going to evaluate not just the fit, but also the aesthetics. With a cosmetically critical restoration, I'm having the patient evaluate the aesthetics with me. So once we've tried it in and I approve it, the patient approves it, now we're taking it out of the mouth, putting it on the counter, and we have to get it ready to cement. Now, during the try-in phase, we're gonna contaminate the internal portion of that crown, bridge, veneer, whatever. So we have to clean out the inside of that to expose the fresh porcelain so that we can get the ultimate bond strength. The process itself is pretty simple. Back in the old days, we would take that restoration, put it in isopropyl alcohol, put it in the ultrasonic for 30, 60 seconds, and then clean it out. Nowadays we don't have to do that. We we have um, cleaners that we can use. Ivoclar came out with one that was very popular. Ivoclean It's gained a lot of traction. A lot of people use it. I use a product called Zirclean by Bisco because I also use Zirclean for cementing zirconia. So I have one material that I can treat both restorations with. So that that's my reason behind that. The Zirclean or the the Ivoclean, either of the products. You just place on the internal aspect of the crown, you let it sit there 15, 20, 30 seconds, power rinse it off with your air water syringe, and then dry off the interior aspect. Now, what I like to do is I like to re-silinate the inter- interior aspect of that crown. Uh, so I've just got share side silene, I use the Biscos and it comes in an A and a B. Any two-part silane product will work fine. But I like to resilinate it. And I say resilinate it because if you're using a good lab, they've probably already silinated the porcelain anyway. But no harm can be done by resilinating. In the silination process, what that does is it creates the ability to have a better bond of your cement to your porcelain substructure. That's why we're resilinating. So clean it first, rinse it, air dry it, resilinate it let the silane sit on there 20, 30 seconds, air dry that. Now you're ready to cement that into place.
0: Do you do that or does your staff do that?
1: That's a team thing. That's what we train our team members to do. That's what I'm checking emails to see if you uh, sent me something I had to respond to.
0: Okay. Now, so I didn't... so your staff is doing that, but then where do you come in? Because w- the next question is I want you to talk about the light-cured versus dual-cured resin cements that you use. Yep. So, yeah, yeah. Tell us about that, the handoff, if your staff is doing this, and the handoff into the cement, or do they cement it in as well?
1: No, 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 no. Um, The cementation process, to my knowledge, certainly in the state of Colorado or North Carolina where I used to practice, the dentist has to cement that into place. That's something I would never delegate, even if it was legal for them to do. Too many things can go wrong. So once uh, my team member has prepared that, they... Come find me, say we're ready to go. I, I sit down with the patient. We isolate the area because we're bonding these restorations to place so the area has to be isolated. You know, any bleeding has to already be under, under control. If I didn't do that, my team members doing that at the same time as they're preparing the restoration. I'll come in and then we are either going to etch prime and bond or we may use these universal bonding agents we have now. I may skip the etch part and go straight to a self etch mode of the universal bonding agent, depending on the different situations that exist. Um, We'll have it isolated, etch prime and bond, or prime and bond, and then we're gonna cement into place. Now, you're asking about light cure versus dual cure resin cements, yeah. So, and self cures too, we'll talk about that in a second. Light cure resin cements with lithium disilicate are pretty limited in use to when you're doing a very thin veneer, okay? Your light has to penetrate the restoration to get to the cement to cure that cement. If your restoration's got any dimension to it at all, you don't wanna risk your light not penetrating far enough. So with my lithium disilicate veneers, I pretty much will use light cure resin cement. They're about a half millimeter thick. I know the light can get through there. And I like the little bit of extended working time I can get from a light cure resin cement. So with my veneers, which typically I'm going to place four, five, six, eight, ten 10 at a time, that little bit extra working time uh, is advantageous. When I'm doing a crown or a bridge, I need a dual cure resin cement because I'm not confident my light will penetrate all the way through that thicker dimension of porcelain. So I'll use the dual cure resin cements for that. And now we kind of stumbled into self-etching, self-adhesive resin cements. Those, if I have a crown that has really good retention and resistance form, I will use those products. So the theracem by Bisco is, is the one that I use all the time. So if I have good retention and resistance form and lithium disilicate is strong enough premolar forward that I can use the self-etched, self-adhesive resin cements. The difference is dual cure resin cements have a higher bond strength categorically, all of them, than self etched self resin cements categorically, not manufactured by manufacturer, just as a category. So if I need the best adhesion to bond that crown to place, if my prep is short or tapered or both, I want a stronger cement. So that's the dual cure resin cements. If I have good retention and resistance form, I'm very comfortable using a self-edged, self-adhesive resin cement.
0: What do you say to a dentist who says, well, why don't you just use the dual cure process for everything so you get a little bit more strength? What's your answer?
1: Yeah, you could. You absolutely could.
0: Or Um, is is the answer, maybe you want to remove the crown at some point?
1: That's true. That's true. Uh, With any of
0: those cements, getting something
1: off is probably picking up a burr and cutting.
0: All right. So, because so all, all of them are. So the really- main advantage of using the self etch, self adhesive cement when you have the inherent retention based on the prep design and the height of the of the restoration, the restorative tooth stub that's there. Um, what's the advantage of that? Just you're saving chair side time. It's less technique sensitive.
1: Um, less technique sensitive because you don't. You have to isolate that tooth for a very short period of time to grab the crown, and stick it into place as opposed to dual-care resin cement, you're etching, you're bonding, or you're just bonding, but there's time. And if that tissue is really irritated and you're having a hard time to control it, if you're just like, I'm drying, I'm drying, I'm drying, hurry up, load it, hand it to me, boom, okay? So that's one situation. The other advantage of self-etch, self-adhesive resin cements is there's a potential to have less post-operative sensitivity because we're not going through that etching step and that drying step. So one of the advantages there is you don't have post-operative sensitivity. And then with a the cement like Theracem from Bisco is there's a biocombatibility factor of the calcium and MTA that's incorporated into the resin that will actually help calm that tooth if it's been a little sensitive. Or you, um, you got close to the pulp, had to do an indirect pulp cap underneath your buildup and you're worried about The endodontic lifespan of that tooth, the therasem I really like in those situations because now I've got more chemical help trying to calm that tooth down.
0: That's a big factor, actually. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, I'm an endodontist myself, so I I hear what you're saying. Okay, I like. Yeah, we try not to keep you busy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not practicing right now, but uh, I like the term endodontic lifespan. Believe it or not, all the years I practice, I haven't. I'm not familiar with that term, but that's an interesting term. Um, All right. I thought I'm an endod- I thought endodontic lifespan would mean after the root canal treatment was finished, how long the tooth would <laughs> stay in the mouth after the root canal. But you're looking at it from the other side of the coin before you. How long get to I the can op-
1: keep it from going there? Yeah, yeah. right,
0: right. Yeah, yeah, endodontic lifespan before you get to the endodontist. Yeah. Um really great stuff, Doctor Radz. You've always been a leader in, in teaching, and we really appreciate all the feedback you've been given the dental community for so many years and Viva Learning especially. Your webinars are great, podcasts are great. So keep up the great work and thank you again so much for your time.
1: Always a pleasure talking to you, Phil. Thank you.